Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode contains spoilers from Ariadne by Jennifer Saint, with references to Circe by Madeline Miller. Trigger warning for this book includes suicide and sexual assault. Hello! Hello, how's it going? It's going well. It is, um, we had an insane storm here last night. Like, the thunder was so loud. It was so scary. Pippin and I were in the living room and I saw this like flash of light and this really loud thunder and Pippin and I looked at each other and he was like we both like looked at each other I was like that was scary <laughs> we both like jumped and we're like oh my gosh so um that was fun and my power was like flickering so I was like I was finishing the book that we're talking about today and I was like I need to finish this book and I was like I need candles so I was like lighting candles just in case the power went out so I had like candles stationed in every room just in case so that was my night. <laughs> it feels like a fire hazard, but yeah, I love that. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's they hilarious. Were, they were burning until I was like, okay, the power's not going to go out. So I like blew them all up. My house smelled good though. Yeah. So that's a plus. That. <laughs> Always a plus. Like the entire house. So that was yeah. fun. It felt, it smelled very like fall-esque. And I was like, okay. Really leaning like, into summon it. Summon the fall autumn leaves. Like, Absolutely. With this. <laughs> that's the way to do it. I'm loving that. Um, yeah, how are you? good uh we just got told that we're like going full back home so no more hybrids I'm very excited about like a nice Monday work from home and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday (laughs) and like never (laughs) leaving my house like I'm just I'm so excited for a whole week of not having to uh commute for like three hours a day did they say how long you guys were going to be home or is it just kind of open-ended they said until the end of August essentially. So like mm-hmm. after Labor Day, we'll go back. But fingers crossed. That's yeah. Not true. <laughs> fingers crossed. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't mind the hybrid. I'm just worried that what happens after the hybrid is we're gonna like be back full time in the office, which it's just like exhausting. I don't know if any of you all like work in the office, but after being home for like a whole year, the getting ready time. I don't so much mind the commute, but like getting ready in the morning and having to like, make sure you have all your stuff with you and like lunches and breakfast and coffee and blah, blah, blah. Like all before you go into the office and then getting there and like spending the whole day, like smiling and laughing and like being fun. And like, I'm a very extroverted person, so I like it, but I just, I haven't been there for very long. Like, and I just, I spent the entire time that I've worked at this company at home. So it's weird because a lot of these people have been here before. So like figuring out the dynamics of everyone and things is like exhausting. Yeah, I, so I'm ready to. Uh, yep, mm-hmm. I I can agree with that. We had a couple weeks ago. We had like a um, big trade show conferencing, and I was with my whole team, and um, a lot of them have been working together for a while. And they're all really close, and they're a great team. I didn't I didn't feel in any way, shape, or form like I was like on the outside or whatever. Yeah. But it's still like they have all these, you know, like the inside jokes, and they have all these like other things that they have going on and they just like know each other so well and I'm still relatively new to the team um and so it's kind of strange and the fact that I'm not really in the office anyways just right because of the because of what I do because of my role I can't necessarily be in the office all the time and so um yeah it's a little it's sometimes feels like on like on the outside looking in but um thankfully my other coworker, my other teammate is here he just moved here not that long ago so I'm like friend and his, <laughs> his I think we talked about this on the last episode but his girlfriend is uh likes to read too and I'm like so I'm gonna like steal your girlfriend and we're gonna be best friends yep okay cool awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so nice I love that yeah I'm just very ready for like cooler weather I'm going on vacation at the end of the month so I'm excited to like head out and spend a week on a beach and yeah just like I feel Very like I have a lot of things like coming up and I'm like ready for them to all have happened already we're going to Orlando in September so very excited for that and um yeah I'm like I got god I work on this bikini body here for <laughs> a little bit yeah I'm like 
this is as good as it's gonna get that's all I have to say <laughs> I'm excited to spend like a whole week reading on the beach which will be yeah. really nice I'm going to Mexico for a week so I'm like excited but we'll see how all the updates and I'm glad it's sooner rather than later mm-hmm. a little bit worried about the delta thing but we'll yeah. see how it goes well, hopefully fingers crossed yeah fingers crossed so yeah I'm like hoping our trip in September I mean it's only a month away so fingers crossed it doesn't get canceled but we we tried to plan a trip in last year in September because we were going to go to New York and then everything just shit hit the fan so uh that didn't happen either so I'm like fingers crossed that this year we actually get to go somewhere (laughs) I'm worried yeah I'm going to New York in October and I'm like Oh, I'm really, I don't know. I'm sweating. And that's just like just far enough out where you're like, eh, yeah. eh. I, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We're, we're fine. sending good vibes your way. Absolutely. Good travel vibes your way. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> what are we talking about today? So this is a bonus episode, as you all know, but we are starting a fun new series with our bonus episodes and it'll be once a month. We're going to be doing a fun new series. Kirsten, you want to tell them about it? Yeah. So we are starting kind of a mythological retelling. So Tatiana and I absolutely love anything mythology, whether it's Greek, Norse, et cetera, any kind of mythology, like any of it. Um, and so we are starting a series because there's so many great retellings out there. Um, and we've kind of, kind of dove headfirst into this one and we we're loving it. So, um, we're going to start a series once a month and we're going to cover a retelling. So of well, anything really. So um, we have, we have a list, but if you guys have any retellings that you really want us to cover, please let us know. Uh, but we do have quite the list, <laughs> uh, quite the docket for you guys. So very excited for that. But um, what are we starting with? What is our first retelling that we're going to go with? So we are starting with Ariadne by Jennifer Saint. This was the book of the month a couple of months ago. And so we, I mean, I was very excited that there was finally a fantasy one on book of the month and really had to go for it. I have seen this one a little bit on like the bookish interwebs, but I haven't seen it a ton. And I feel like a lot of people need to read it. And this goes along with the trend of like Circe and Song of Achilles and all those ones that are kind of gaining traction, I think. So we decided to kind of do this retelling because I am obsessed with Greek mythology. Kirsten's obsessed with Norse mythology, but we also just love like fairy tale retelling. So we have a lot of things we wanted to talk about. And this one is our first one. So I'm very excited. Yep. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the book? I, I liked it. Um, so it's basically kind of follows, follows the life of Ariadne, but it really kind of follows the life of both Ariadne and her sister Phaedra. So, um, it's basically kind of a feminist retelling of, kind of the legend of Theseus and kind of how the women played a role in um, him becoming king and him defeating the Minotaur and all of his kind of conquests and everything like that. And I, I really loved, my favorite thing was that, you know, Ariadne comes to this realization very early on in the book about how these legendary men are you know doing all these things or they take advantage of women or they do something that's just cruel or you know talking about how like the the gods and their you know love for women and their you know bad habits and terrible things and how the gods weren't the ones or the men weren't the ones that paid the consequences for the actions it was always the women that were caught up and always the women that were um, involved in this whether innocently or, you know, you know, non-consensual, et cetera, um, were the ones who paid the price, who paid the ultimate price for um, these men's actions. You know, she talks about Medusa um, and how Athena cursed her because of Poseidon's actions. And, you know, it's, there's all these things that, um, and I I loved how she realized this early on and that was ongoing theme throughout the book. So um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was, it was a really um, interesting retelling and I liked how it kind of included kind of all the Ariadne lore and mythology in it. What about you? Yeah, I really like this new kind of wave of novels that have these retelling atmosphere from like the female point of view, because I think, you know, when we were growing up, we obviously read the Odyssey and the Iliad and like watch Hercules and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you see these heroes basically 
who have been influenced by the gods and how the gods are, you know, seen as kind of these mortal versions of themselves. Um, you know, obviously they're like divinity and divine and, and a part of it, but you, you see them kind of play a role as like a physical part of their lives. Um, and I thought that it's really interesting to like finally read it from the woman's point of view, because I think a lot of the times they were sort of put off as like Meg was in Hercules, you know, she's like, I'm not a damsel in distress. I don't need your help, but you know, they're always kind of construed as this way. And like, she's sort of the first version of that, like feminist version. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to say that, but like, I like that we got more of this like Megara point of view type of thing that's coming and like being more popular because I think it's like us as kids, it's like, oh my God, Hercules was like such a great hero and all these things, but then go in the foreground of that. And it's like, yeah, they used and abused people and they did everything. They lied. They didn't do what they said they did. Um, you know, what they did was awful and it sounded heroic at the time, but like, there were so many people that were just sort of like left in the dust of all of that. And it was interesting to kind of read it from their point of view and see that. So I had just read Cersei before I read this one and she's related to Ariadne and she kind of shows up, Ariadne shows up in the Cersei book. And so it was interesting. I really liked that there was that kind of tie-in and it's like, this is rooted in Greek mythology. She used a lot of like facts of the mythological sort of structure, but it was a very different version of it. And like we got to finally see, I think from her perspective, because she's just famously known as like helping Theseus escape the Minotaur and the Labyrinth. And that's like the end of her story really. So yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with these. I think they're really fun. It's really interesting to kind of see it and for you to see like the flaws in these heroes that we got to know when we were younger. And like, we thought were so great, you know, like you read the Odyssey and you're like, Odysseus is like so cool. And the legend of Troy and all those things. And, you know, we watch all these movies and we're like, is this really like how the mythology was supposed to play out or like what really happened? And I think these are like really, I don't know, I don't know the right word, but they're really great. I think they're really fun. And they're like a definitely an interesting take on everything that's happened. And I feel like we can relate to them a ton, but I love that she kind of pulled different pieces of the mythology and, you know, it's different from the other books that are coming out nowadays that have like different versions of, you know, Ariadne and all the things that happen with these like gods. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, we kind of start off with this book. I mean, if you're familiar with um, the mythology of Theseus or even Ariadne, um, you kind of know. So Theseus was a prince of Athens. He was um, taken to Crete to be sacrificed to the Minotaur um, as um, kind of these sacrifices that Athens would give to Crete every year or every, I, I don't know if it was every year or every other, I, I don't remember what the timing was on it. Yeah, they never mention like a time frame. They just say this is like the third like calling, basically, is what it is. And so they take seven boys, seven girls, and they sacrifice them to the Minotaur. And um, basically, they talk about how the Minotaur is actually Ariadne's brother. Um, and again, with the this is kind of the first time that she mentions mentions those kind of that the women of these quote-unquote legendary great men heroes etc are the ones that um are the ones that are always uh like dealing with the repercussions of their actions they're the ones that have to deal with it whereas like you know his wife is it, this part was so it's just some of the mythology things i'm like oh this is strange um you basically she was so like enraptured with a bull or something like that. So this was the, another one of those instances where like Poseidon was pissed. So Poseidon yeah. had gifted Minos the white bull and that he mm -hmm. had said like, keep him or whatever. And then Minos, or like, no, he, he said to sacrifice him. He was going to sacrifice Sacrifice him in the name of Poseidon. Yeah. And he didn't do that and tried to trick him. And then, so this is where it gets kind of hairy for me because this is true in like Greek mythology that she created a contraption with whatever his name is that I literally can't pronounce. Yeah to be like a cow and I'm like yeah you would die this doesn't make she would die like I'm confused about the like I it doesn't make sense to me but okay yeah, it doesn't make sense either but you know it's it's mythology so. oh, <laughs> and that. I was like is this happening is this this is happening uh but anyways so she's basically creates this contraption so that she can essentially bang it out with this bowl and so they, then comes the Minotaur and that's like, he's born. And it was so crazy how, you know, you always picture the Minotaur as this like evil creature and this like terrifying being, you know, and it was 
so, I guess so, I like the retelling of where, you know, Ariadne's like, you know, he was just a baby. He was innocent in all of this. He wasn't, he didn't know what he was, why he was brought on this or why, you know, he didn't realize that he was basically a tool, a creation of the vengeance of the gods, you know, and it was so, it was, it was kind of a refreshing take on, you know, again, the repercussions of these actions of these quote unquote legendary men and heroes. And so um, basically this minotaur, Asterion, which was his true name, grew up and was growing up faster and faster and then started eating meat. And then he like attacked a maid and like killed her. And then Minos renamed him and was like, he's a minotaur and fear me, like kind of a thing. And then they you know, you created the labyrinth and they put him in there. And, you know, every few years, Athens was supposed to sacrifice 14 of their youth to the Minotaur. And so, which terrifying, God, that's horrible. And so, um, you know, there, that's kind of the, the beginning of this book and you, you kind of get these, um, snippets of, Ariadne and her realizations and you know her mother's kind of slipping away and she talks about how her mom used to be prior to the Minotaur and everything like that and then um Theseus arrives and Ariadne is just just fascinated with him and instantly he's like love at first sight kind of situation and same with her little sister Phaedra and basically they um decide that they're gonna help him escape they don't want any more sacrifices they don't want any more people to be killed because of the minotaur because of minos because of his greediness and his power hungry just he's just terrible and so they decide to help theseus basically kill the minotaur and you, you hear a lot of ariadne really struggling kind of struggling with it because this is actually her brother you know and so she you know when theseus comes out she you know he's got like this was so strange to me that he just like spread his like the minotaur's like dead body across the sand and then just like ha- like hamburgered it even more like I didn't understand that I was like what what is the point of this but um I don't know it was uh you know she was really struggling with it because she had just helped kill her own brother so I was like that's so sad it was just so sad for her kind of from the beginning and you know the way she had had to lead her life and the things that she had experienced already. I have some thoughts. Um, I get that it's like a unique eye color, but if I hear one more person described as a green eyed man, I'm out. Um, <laughs> Especially after reading all the murmuring bones. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it, it just like comes up so often. And I'm like, name one person, you know, has green eyes, like legitimately green. So it's like, I get that it's unique, but it's like, it's such an annoying descriptor for being like, oh, this is such a unique man. Like here he is with green eyes. So like, shut up. Um, I really disliked this version of her mother and the like weepy, sad kind of shell of a person that she is. So they kind of explain at the beginning and in my head, this is how I saw it. So Helos is her father, is Ariadne's grandfather, but like her mother's, I don't know how to say her mom's name, per, 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 Persephius, Persephone. It's not Persephone, but philanthropy, philanthropy. I don't know how to say her mom's name. Anyways, Pasiphae. Pasiphae, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so. So like, this is how I saw it in my head, is Pasiphae's father is Helos, Helios, or however you say it. Helios, yeah. Helios. And he is a titan. So like in my head, while I was reading this, I was like reading, singing that song from Hercules where it's like the Titans rule the earth, Mount Olympus came. So there was like, that was what I was thinking in my head where they were like a big volcano and all that stuff. But like, I know in Greek mythology, they are just like the Olympians, but like a different version. Like they're just older than them. So I didn't like that. Like he was her, he was her father and she was just like this weak neighbor, like whimpering version of a person and her husband Minos is like Zeus's son. So it's like, I thought that they were going to be a little bit more powerful because I don't know. I just wanted more from that. Like, I didn't love the idea of like Ariadne growing up with this like sad, broken woman of a mom and then thinking her of her, which like, this was a really good version of Minos. I think of him being like a tyrant, but it was like kind of sad to read that as like yeah. her mom being this like shell of a person because she 
and it wasn't even that she birthed the Minotaur and was like sad about it. She was like sad that they took him away. And it's like, mm-hmm. you had like four other children. So I just thought that was kind of strange and I get it, yeah. but it was annoying. I think because you really like rooted for Ariadne and her sister and like wanted her mom to like care about the two of them. Well, and that was something too, that um, her sister talked about. Yeah. She was like, you have all of these. She's like, you know, when the Minotaur is, is, dead and they find him like his remains discovered and they bring it to the like throne room or whatever and Minos like throws a fit and um her mom just like breaks down and is destroyed and like sobbing and like in it, it was just like it was it, it was terrible you know and she's like you just lost she's like you lost a son your daughter is gone she's missing like, and you're crying more over this monster creature than you are over them. And I guess, I guess part of it is that I, I understand where it comes from. Cause you know, it's like the Minotaur had no choice in what, in what he became, you know what I mean? They created this monster, whereas Ariadne made her choice to leave, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, do what she did, not saying it was a bad thing, but you know, Ariadne had made her choice and et cetera. And so but at the same time, she's like, you mourn this creature more than you mourn two of your children. Three, because, you know, one of them's leaving and going somewhere else, you know? And so it was really sad to kind of see that um, and that struggle that both Ariadne and Phaedra had. Yeah. With and because her understanding mom's their mom's like, grief. She, you're the daughter of a titan. Like, you think you would be a little bit more... I don't know, just in tune with yourself and things like that. Yeah. You know, cause the Olympians are supposed to be like less than the Titans essentially. Mm-hmm. And they have like a, a shaky truce. Right. And it's like, yeah, your father is a God of the sun. And you're just like, I, I was enthralled by whatever my husband or Poseidon or whoever decided that I was going to be like cast into the spell and like never broke free from it. And the fact that like, I don't know, I just wish that there was a little bit more like strength from the girls on this yeah. side at the very beginning. I cause think- it was like Ariadne I think realize it early on, but it's like, mm-hmm. I, I think it was, I know there's so much to do with like divinity and all that stuff, but like they were still one quarter Titan, like these girls yeah. and they were a quarter of Olympian. So it's like yeah. some of the things in here just like were a little weird and annoying to me, I think with the fact that like these girls were a part God as well. And they were just like, never, even in their internal monologue and like all the things that they discovered, it was never like brought up again. So I think that yeah. part like kind of annoyed me and that like, I don't know. They were just so like susceptible to, I think it was just really, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, you, like, know what I mean? I, you know, I understand that you know, it's like, you're supposed to be, you should be powerful in right. your own right. But I think a lot of it was just to show that these women were, you know, paying, oppressed. Pay, yeah, they were oppressed and they were paying the consequences for these quote unquote legend, legendary yeah. men and heroes for their actions and they were innocent and pretty much all of it, you know, whether a lot of it, you know, again, with bringing back to Medusa, I mean, literally she went to Athena to like beg her to like help her and Poseidon raped her in Athena's temple. And then Athena was mad at Medusa for quote unquote, disgracing her temple. And so she turned her into a Gorgon. Like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different, takes on that legend but that's the one that you hear the most you know and so and that's the one that you hear and hear so it's like these women you know for being beautiful for being smart for being something that these legendary men want um pay the price you know and it's and I think that's part of it is showing that these women are paying the price but I do agree I really wish I would seen maybe more strength from because she was always talking about oh my grandfather is like taking the sun across the sky or yeah you know and, he was and it's so many times and it's just like there was never a reference to like her mother's power or like mm-hmm. her father's either like he was just very like but if Theseus you... and Perseus and that kind of where it's just a hero and a tyrant yeah. but like I don't know I just wa- I wanted a little bit more I think from there yeah and but if you consider it, these men are the ones that get the power. Fair. If their father is a god or a titan or what have you, whereas the women don't. Like right. they're they're not. They don't have these like power of strength or these, you know, legendary tales. And it's like it's frustrating. I mean, it's always like. I mean, I guess it's like you know the times and 
the mythology behind it, which I really, which is why I really enjoyed the, like the kind of that feminist twist on it, because Mm -hmm. these women often are forgotten in these tales, you know, whereas, you know, she, she talks about, so basically, you know, BCs kills the Minotaur and they're, he's like, I'm going to make you my queen, come with me, blah, 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 blah. And they sail away and they land on this Island and he, it takes advantage of her essentially. And, and then he deserts her on this Island. And I was like, (laughs) wow. Like I, so at what point did you think that he was kind of sus? Like when he was sailing off into the sunset or before that? I thought kind of before that, because I was like, cause she's like, Oh, where are all the people on this Island or where is everyone else? And all these things. And I'm like, Oh, this is not going to go well. Like, I thought he was going to kill her. Like, I honestly thought yeah. he was going to like cut his losses and like, or like, you know, make sure everything was, you know, aligned and she couldn't tell everyone that she was actually the one that helped him kind of a thing. But um, the fact that he just left her there to die was just, I thought when so her cruel. sister, yeah. I thought when his, when her sister wasn't there, I was like, super oh, sus, yeah. super sus. Yeah. I was like, there was no way it's either her sister, mm-hmm. which I didn't think what it was, but either her sister betrayed her or like he had done something like that was my yeah. like first inkling. And when they showed up there, I was like, okay, so they're going to bring down the wrath of a God because there are versions of Ariadne's tale where what he says is true. He says that yeah. like he left her on the Island, kept her separate to like keep her virtue. And she got killed by a giant Python, essentially mm-hmm. brought down by the wrath of the God that starts with an A. Um, I don't know. How to Artemis. That. Artemis. That's one. So there are legends that say that that's how, like, that was her demise was that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's obviously the legend that's kind of told in here. So there's like different versions of that. So I had a feeling that this is where this was going to go down, but this is only like a hundred pages into the book. And I was like, okay, so she dies here. And like, what's the rest of the book? Yep. But I had a, I had a feeling that she, that something was going down. Yeah. How, okay. So I have, I have two questions for you. How did you feel about Phaedra really through this entire she kind of annoyed me like she like I thought in the beginning I was like okay like when she originally goes to Athens and she's like I'm gonna find out what happened to my sister da 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 and then she slowly is just like I don't she is just like slowly um I guess consumed in the being the the queen and being popular and being you know Theseus's wife and she's like even finds out that her sister's alive and she's like oh well she didn't come find me i'm like how she she's allegedly stuck on an island how is she gonna find you like i don't know i just phaedra was i liked her in the beginning and then as she went i was like you're annoying like you need to stop i thought she was pretty nuts throughout the whole thing if we're being honest i think the inklings from the beginning where her it switches back and forth and it tells you like ariadne um and her sister's point of view and it'll tell you when it's which but I thought Ariadne's like original kind of internal monologue at the beginning talking about how she wanted nothing to do with her brother like the Minotaur and like all that stuff and like Ariadne was like I still like feel compassion for him like he's my brother and my sister just thinks her childhood was like robbed from her I was like oh this is going to be an issue like as we go later on and like her enthusiasm for the um, sacrifices of Athens and that kind of thing I was like okay so she's like a little on the like selfish side I think is the right word for it um, I was genuinely shocked when they said that she was going to go off and marry Theseus. And I thought I was too. I was like, Ooh, yeah. Like awkward plot twist. And I was really surprised by that. And then I thought the same thing. Like once she got there, she was really going to do something about it and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you wanted her to be that really strong female character. And I don't think there was a strong female character in this. No. Like they're both pretty okay in the way that they like stand up for themselves and things like that. But like, they definitely, are what they are for the times. And I yeah. like that we got their point of view, but I don't necessarily think that they were like going to do anything about the things that happened to them and like the yeah. situations they were thrown in. Mm-hmm. I was a bit surprised at how her character developed. And again, she like became that queen when she was like, I want to be really popular and I'm here running Athens and that's me. And like my husband could care less. But then I was she, like, I get She that reminded me of her father. Like, yes. I feel like the mom was Ariadne, like that, that yeah. of the two, like Ariadne took after her mom and Phaedra took after her dad. Yeah. And she, and Ariadne even says that she's like, she yeah. looks like Minos yes. with like the set of her jaw and how stubborn she is. And like the way she's acting and she's, she's our father, right? you know? And, 
yeah, that's how, that's how I felt. I was like, she's turning into her father. Well, I just thought she was a little crazy. Like, you know, she was talking about how much she despised Theseus. And I get that that was like your obligation at the time, but like you had two kids with a guy, you know what I mean? And just like, was just constantly throwing herself at Theseus and then talking about how much she despised him. And it's like, those are two different things in the way that like your internal monologue is one, but like what's happening in the real world is something totally different. And again, like when she found out her sister was alive, she just like sort of took Theseus and was like, so tell me the truth. I know you're lying, but like, tell me anyway. And then it's going to be like another four years before I go see my sister, you know, like, yeah, there was a lot of inconsistency well, with her. And obviously she's knocking futs at the end. Well, she like finds out from Hippolytus, which is so Theseus goes to the Island of the Amazons and basically like gets them drunk, gets the queen drunk Hippolyta and drags her to his boat and rapes her. And then she gets saved by her Amazons or whatever. And then there's a child from it, Hippolytus. So I, and then she's like, well, everything was fine until I met Hippolytus. And I was like, how did you feel about Phaedra's like, so I'm here not because I want to see you, but because I want to bang my stepson and run away with him. I was enraged for Ariadne. I was like, how... I think that was just like the cherry on top of like, she's so selfish and nuts and just like so wrapped up in her own world. Like, well, hates her, like hates her children, hates her husband. Like, like, I don't, like, I was just like, yeah, you like start to feel sympathy for her at the very start of understanding that like she hates her children and the way that she kind of wrote that internal monologue. But then you realize like, she's just selfish and like you feel bad because you're like okay yeah she just sees Theseus and them and like understandably but she exactly she does like a couple of things here and there and you're like no you're just selfish it's not like you have a jaded view of the world or like what happened but like you have such a chip on your shoulder for like how you were raised and all these things and like just makes you I don't know I didn't love either of the sisters like if we're being honest I really liked Ariadne in the beginning when she was stuck on the island and she had just met her future husband um and that section of it I really liked her character and like I thought the development was good and it was paced really well like we didn't think she was going to fall in love that quickly and like you know she just felt homely and like she was going to take care of this and like I said this is it's hard for me because I literally just read Cersei and these two have such similar like parallels and the same things happen at the end of Cersei but with a happy ending and so when I was reading this I was like is this really what's going to happen like are we going to do the same thing over again is that like true Greek mythology where all of these just run off with their stepchildren like um yeah but then I was like there's no way like the way that that was you're reading this and she's like I love him you know he's such a kind person he's like warm where Theseus is cold and like I've only interacted with him four times total I was like okay so this is barely talked to him he barely acknowledges my existence but I know he loves me like like she well, pray. could you be that selfish and like the fact that she was gonna do it and I don't know what were your thoughts on like the maidens and the island and her coming her like husband did you anticipate him going from this juvulent wine god to sacrificing baby goats <laughs> <laughs> yeah um no I it kind of made me sad because it's like you know she she talks about this, you know, through the process of her like falling in love with Dion- Dionysus. I, Di- I, I think it's Dionysus. I don't know how to say his name. So sorry. So sorry. But um, anyways, she, you know, he, he comes to the island and she kind of is his quote unquote priestess. And then she's like taking care of his, it's basically his home. So Naxus is his home. And so she's basically just like the caretaker of the priestess. And then eventually he starts, they kind of fall in love and they get married. And there's these like, his followers which are like the little maiden girls or whatever and in the beginning it's so like sweet like everything is so like wonderful and you know they He's like the god of feminism like run away from yeah. your husbands and fathers and like come here and drink wine and we'll just yeah. like frolic in the woods yeah pretty much and so he just like you know the very beginning is so good and I love how he's like you know I was raised by these nymphs and this other guy who's like really cool and it was just always happy and they don't understand, you know, I love this, this one man, but he died. And it just like taught me that like loving a mortal is still better than like having a lifetime of like hating everything. And I was like, Oh, this is like, so 
good, but I should know because it's Greek mythology and there's always some sort of like terrible thing that happens. And so, you know, they end up having like five kids and like things kind of start changing and the change in him made me really sad because it just like, you know, it's like, you do know that these gods, and this isn't something that's not known in any legend it's it always, or any kind of mythology, they talk about the gods being, um, having a temper, not being very jealous, like being very vindictive, um, carrying grudges like crazy and basically just messing with humanity as a toy and not appreciating the like beauty in the fleeting nature of humanity. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't last long. They don't care. You know, they just mess around with things and they're very fickle. And yeah. So it just made me sad that that change happened. Yeah. And I, I guess this is where I was a little bit irritated, I think, because I know that the story of him is that his mother had him in the womb and Hera tricked her and told him, told her to ask Zeus to like show his true form and no mortal can like look upon Zeus's true form. She explodes or whatever. And Zeus like sews him into his leg. I didn't realize that what that was this God, if we're being honest, I've heard that story, but I didn't realize it was this God. Yeah. I didn't realize it was him either. And he goes from being like Theseus and Hercules and Perseus to being like full divinity. And it's like, so that all made sense. But what I think kind of irritated me a little bit about that was like, and I know this is because they're male, they got all this, you know, whatever hubris and like all these things where they're like, obviously, you know, like not great people and all that, but Ariadne is really essentially like half God also. So she understands the pull of divinity and like the connection to the gods and like her grandfather is like the God of the sun and, and he's Titan. So like, he's ruthless and all that. And she never feels that pull and like, neither does her sister and neither does her mom. And I, and I think that has to do something with the feminism, like part of it, but it's like, that kind of frustrated me in that he was such a good, like God at the beginning and was like, so caring and like kind to her and, you know, showed her that like, he cares about morality and all those things. And then she's like, yeah, I understand. Cause like I'm half, so I get where you're coming from. And like, I see the gods and all that, but like, she never turned vindictive like he did. And it was like, oh, I really thought this would be a good match. Cause she's like, yeah. half divine and understands like the pull of all these things and like they're gonna have this long happy life together and I was like mm. it broke my heart yeah and it then- was yeah yeah pretty much I I really yeah their their relationship was so sweet in the beginning and then it you know the change in it was so sad and um I yeah it made me just it made me really sad and I know how I <laughs> I just want like a happy ending for a Greek, like some sort of Greek mythology tale, but that never happens. So, because there's always some Tragedy sort of like, for a reason. <laughs> yeah. There's always some sort of a lesson to be learned. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, we all love a happy ending sometimes, but this was not really a happy, I mean, I kind of not really, I don't know it. The, okay. Question. So her sister comes to the Island. Um, Phaedra comes to the Island and finally kind of like shatters the ceiling I think or like shatters the glass yeah. box that like Ariadne is living in and says like have you ever gone into the woods to see like the new rights that your husband's doing yeah. um which we all hate like a spiteful sister that tells you the truth damn her <laughs> but I was reading this and I was a bit confused I was like so there's a baby go and then they just like ripped it apart and then it like yeah was it reborn together yeah and I guess I was confused as to why she was so upset about it like I understand that it's kind of gross but like I get, I was on his side for that portion of it. Like, yeah. it's not a sacrifice. He's bringing it back to life. Obviously he's playing with the fates, I, but. I think for her, it was that he, I don't think it was the whole sacrifice situation. I think it was what it represented that he wanted more followers. He was turning into the thing that he apparently despised the most. Like he was turning into a God. He was turning into the same gods that were on Olympus who were vindictive and terrible. So she was seeing that transformation and it was finally like she was kind of turning a blind eye to it before because she didn't want to realize it but now she had to like face it and I think that's why she didn't like it because it was representative of the fact that he was becoming what he hated he was becoming essentially he was essentially becoming an Olympian god and she was scared her which I get I mean you go from you know loving this man and loving this god or whatever who used to be who was so different. And then all of a sudden it's like, he's angry at, um, he's angry at Perseus because he won't allow his followers or, you know, how did, okay. So, you know, well, you know, Phaedra comes to the Island, basically Ariadne's like, uh, no, you don't need to like, don't run away with your, um, stepson. That's not okay. Um, how did you feel about this whole situation when, you know, Ariadne's like, I need to go to my sister. 
like, I need to, I need to talk to her. I need to stop her, try to stop her. And, and Dionysus was like, maybe don't do that. And she's like, I need to go. Like, he's like, it's not going to change anything. She's like, yeah, but I need to go anyways. And how did you feel about this whole unraveling of everything and Theseus showing up and the whole, the whole thing? I guess this is where I kind of started to not really like Ariadne. I didn't love her character the whole time, but this part really irritated me because again, I felt like Phaedra when she was like, you could have left the island and Ariadne's like, oh, I guess I could have. And it's like, I I get that you were like busy having 15 children, but there's just a point in there where I was like, again, you didn't like, she never sought anything else out and never like went to look for her sister, which again, she was trapped in, or supposedly like trapped in an island. So I I kind of see that, but I was just a little irritated that I was like, this is the time of all times that you decided to like run away. Why didn't you stop her before she like got on the boat or like what revelation was it that you had just seeing like a baby goat die and realizing your sister wasn't like lying. So that was weird to me that she finally decided to like go off the island. So it was a little unconvinced that that was the choice that she was going to make. And then when she gets there, it was even more annoying that Phaedra was like, well, I wasn't going to do it. I know I said I was going to do it, but like all my courage left me. So I wasn't going to do it. But now that you're here, let's do it. I had a feeling Theseus was going to come back. Um, I was very unconvinced by the wailing of the like maidens. I was so confused by that. I was like, I had a feeling, I thought that like um, Denisius was going to show up and like stop the whole thing. And that's why they were like wailing in a courtyard and that yeah. was, she was just going to run into, I didn't, I knew Theseus was going to show up, but I wasn't, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that little part where they were like, everybody was like throwing their arms in the air, weeping. Yeah. Was where it kind of got confusing for me. I was like, what happened? Huh? I thought it was going to be more, I guess, I guess it would be a terrible thing to see, but like, I thought it was going to be like, it was so Hippolytus, like tore her apart or like she murdered Hippolytus because he like, you know, didn't want anything to do with her, but like, I don't know. So trigger warning for anyone who does want to read this, like there is like suicide and like suicidal ideation and like sexual assault and they're trigger warning definitely for this. You know, if you do want to read this, like be aware of that. But um, yeah, I mean, so basically, you know, these women, these maids or whatever maidens are wailing and crying and they hear it. And so they're like, run down there and they give them this note I thought that they were like spelled if that's what I thought. So I was like, okay, so maybe Poseidon or Dionysius or Dionysius, however you say his name. I thought that they had like spelled them, the maidens to like stop her Mm -hmm. is that was my thought was like Mm -hmm. that everyone was like in rapture or something. And it wasn't that she had like decided to run away. If that makes sense. Cause that comes before you really hear about like the confrontation. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, Ariadne's like, I heard bells and I heard like horns or whatever. And I was like, so is a God coming to like, stop this? That's what I thought. Yeah. Is this sadness? Or are they like, in, you know what I mean? Is this like a yeah. the ceremony that's happening or like what's going on there? Yeah. I just thought that was yeah. kind of strange. Yeah. So basically they come upon these like screaming maidens and then DC is like runs down the hill and he's like, you don't need to see this. And then it's like cut to cut to black. And then it like goes to Phaedra's like point of view and she spills her heart out to Hippolytus. And he's like, no, I've like, I've, you know, set, I've like, you know, made a commitment to Artemis, who's one of the, the virgin goddesses. And, um, I'm going to stay chaste. Like I dedicate all of my like hunts, like kills and everything to her. Like I'm, I don't, you're my mother. Like he was just like, this is weird. You're like, I consider you a mother kind of a thing. And so she was like shooketh and he just like takes off on his horse. And she was like, should I follow him? Should I go back? Is he, he's going to tell Theseus and then I'm going to get like, it was just like, she, she felt this moment of like, there was nothing for her. Like she, her life was ruined basically. And so she, again, trigger warning, she kills herself. So she hangs herself and that's what they see is her like hanging from a tree and it's like terrible. And she has a note in her pocket that says Hippolytus. So Theseus is like enraged and he thinks that he was the one who, that he like, raped Phaedra and drove her to kill herself and I was just like well this is where I was confused because the note wasn't in her pocket someone gave it to Theseus and that's what oh yeah that that's what it was they probably took it off of her because it was it she talks about she shoved it in her like belt or whatever but I'm sure one of the like wailing maidens took it off her body that's why I was confused I was like they didn't really explain that like someone had found her and then came to Theseus I was like is there like a ceremony happening is someone about to get like 
swept up to Olympias. I don't know. Like I was just so confused at that point. And then she just like gave her baby away. And I was like, yeah, what's going on here? Like I was so confused. Wailing uncontrolled lady, take my child. Yeah. I was was like, like, what is happening? I had to reread that a couple of times. I was so confused. I was like, she just gave her baby to a crazy person. Okay. So anyways, Theseus is like enraged. And so he's like, I need to find my son. And instead of like, and even Ariadne's like, no, like that's not what Ariadne knows what happened. And she's like trying to tell him and he's just so blinded by rage. And he like goes to find Hippolytus and he's like riding on the beach on his pony and his little horse. And uh, he's like, Poseidon, kill my son. And he brings this big old wave and like crashes into the horse and his son and they die. And it's just like, so terrible i'm just like oh my gosh like it was just terrible and then ariadne's like you know they're like i need to leave like i need to get away from here and she like goes back to naxos and, or naxos and um dionysus is there and you know she's like breaks down basically obviously because everything that happened and then the next day he's like come with me to argos to um to persuade Perseus to allow me to have a temple and I was like this is so random like I thought it was just like kind of random yeah this is where it got kind of dicey for me I think from the time that um Phaedra showed up to the ending was like I'm sorry just 200 pages of them having children and like falling in love yeah you know what I mean like (laughs) that was a little bit strange I wish we would have gotten maybe a little bit less of like their lives in Athens and like their lives on the island and like all the kids they had and how much she hated her children and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just felt like that was a bit unnecessary. Um, because her character after that development, where you discover that like she has two kids and wants to like go off to whatever the, it was what three pages about, um, Hippotus, like three pages explaining why she loved him one chapter. And then it's like, but that's what killed her. You know, I don't know. So that was a bit dicey, I think for me, and how all of that came together. And again, it was one paragraph talking about how they were like, they took Phaedra's body and like wiped it down with some oils. And then I'm back on the island and it was like one day sale. And I was like, you just like left your sister there to like get buried in Athens. Like, yeah. She's like, I don't want to be here when Theseus returns. I'm mad at him. And I'm like, your sister is dead. Like I, okay. Me, like, I would be like, she didn't even spend the night. No, like I, First of all, I don't even want to consider that possibility. But at the same time, like, it was just so weird. I was like, it what? was so weird. And I'm like, who cares about Theseus? He's a piece of shit. Like, yeah, literally. who gives a shit? Like, who cares if he comes back? Like, yeah, like take her with you then and bury her in Axis. Like, yeah, Naxos? I just was like annoyed. But anyway, so. Yeah, I was really like, I didn't love that. And I didn't love that. It was like, oh, come with me off this island and like leave the kids. And we're going to go like yell at my brother. And I was like is that really where we're going to take this? And again, we're, we have like 20 pages left of the book, like not much. Yeah. And she gets there. So how did you picture this in your head? The shield with Medusa. I guess I haven't seen a lot of like art or like depictions of the like Greek mythology, Mm -hmm. but I imagine like shield head attached separately. Yeah. And Same. that feels odd to me. Like who's yeah. going to strap that to your waist and like see, slap a cloth you, over it? Yeah. My thing is like, I, I see, I, I understand that. And him is like showing that off. But I feel like that would like kill anyone and everyone. Like, I guess your soldiers would be trained not to look at your shield. But like at the same time, it's like, what? And then what also like, like flap a fabric over it. Yeah. Also like if you watch like, oh, what's the, just kidding, <laughs> crash, the uh, crash of the Titans or, or yes. class of, Clash of the Clash Titans, of Titans or Wrath yes. of the Gods or whatever. He like holds up the head, but it's never attached to And that's shield. what it's like in, I mean, Percy Jackson's not real, but like yeah. not realistic Greek mythology, but like Percy Jackson's the same way. Like they just hold yeah. her head. So then I was like trying to picture it and think like, is it, did it somehow like become a part of the shield where like- maybe like fused to the shield or something yeah like it was like the shield was flat but it was obviously like a reflection of her head and that's how Mm -hmm. they like depicted it I have no I was having a really hard time understanding felt very like walking dead where she like just holds your little brothers and like waddles around with them (laughs) um anyways that just really threw me for a loop for like many pages there yeah I was a little confused but you know he goes there and 
And it was very interesting how, especially like, you know, she hears all this from Dionysus as far as like how much he hates him and he doesn't want anything to do with him. And he's so mean to him and he's his big brother and he should be nice and blah, 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 blah. And then she gets there and she's like, he's the, he's a, he's also a child of Zeus. He's also hated by Hera, which I mean, what God isn't hated by Hera, let's be honest. And so, you know, he's like hated by Hera and he obviously he like constructed like a statue and a temple dedicated to her so that like her wrath wouldn't be turned on him which makes sense and she's like I understand where he's coming from he's stuck between two gods and there's no winning for him like there's no good choice if he goes with Dionysus he's gonna piss off Hera and if he goes with Hera he's gonna piss off Dionysus and it's just like it's just so frustrating and it's like again these people again he's he's not, he's half God, but at the same time, like he's probably the only, I would say probably the only man that was like necessarily like manipulated as far as like the actions of the gods, um, you know, into what happened, you know what I mean? He's, he was probably one of the only ones that was like kind of stuck between that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like sad. And so, you know, he, Dionysus is like angry because, Perseus turns him away again he's like I told you not to come back here and you came back so screw you and so he goes to like this cove and is like trying to basically like like come to me women like it was very like um it was very like hocus pocus like when she's like singing to the children and like come little children like that was like how I felt this whole situation he's like come on come on like trying to like I don't know and so was so confused about like the structure of the city i was like i thought there was a big wall and they wouldn't have been able to see him but i guess it's like leveled so they could and i was like so you really think this is gonna work because he like took the boat there yeah but like the city he was saying was like walled like the whole thing was like so i was like could they even see you like are they just hear you and like your little megaphone voice like i don't know i I was so confused by that part part of it and i was like I, I mean, I think we all knew like it was going to go badly, but it's like, what were you hoping to accomplish there? Like all these women are just going to be like, throw off my robes of oppression and like run down the beach. Well, yeah, exactly. And then it made me so sad because this, I feel like was like that, that complete circle of, of Dionysus like rise quote unquote to Olympus, you know, cause in the very beginning, he tells the story of Midas and he tells the story about, he's like, I would never harm a child. I would never harm an innocent. Like that is never what I wanted. And so, you know, he's, quote unquote saying he's the god that has power over life and death apparently and Ariadne's like no you don't like no you don't you know and she sees this immediately she's like if you did all of these women who lost their children lost their family members lost these things would be able to have them back but they don't you just have that this like fake power that draws people to them and it's it's all a sham it's all an act and I love that she sees that immediately, but she like doesn't tell him because he's basically too far gone. And so he like calls these women and they're like, no. And then he like, it made me mad on their behalf that he used the same thing that Hera used on him. And it's like, you've been there and you were there for centuries and you did the same thing to these women. And that's terrible. That just shows his like, you know, there was a lot. And then, you know, and he like, Ariad- wasn't sorry about it until something bad happened. Yeah. And then Ariadne like goes below with the maidens and she's like, we heard a lot of cries and we thought, you know, they're like all these baby goats. And then it's like quiet and it's crying and blah, blah, blah. And then she comes up there and he's like, I did something wrong. And she's like, she's like, he's like, it didn't go the way I wanted and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, they're coming after me. And he's bringing his army. She's like, what did you do? And basically again trigger warning because this is horrible but basically all these these like hundred women went and got their they didn't get baby goats they got their children they got their babies and like killed their babies and he's like it's not the same as a goat like couldn't save all these kids or any of these kids and I'm like oh my god like and the fact that he would just like it's fine I'll just talk to Perseus he'll be fine like it's fine I'll just I'll fix it we'll have like a cup of coffee and like a chat and we're fine. It's fine. It's going to be fine. I, and I'm like, and Ariadne's like, no, this is not fine. And she was just like, screw you. And she's just like, do you not like, I love how she's like, I love you. Your kids love you. Like, is that not enough? enough? Well, my and, favorite was the line where she said like, you are now the God of heartbreak. Like yeah. you've broken more hearts than any man, any God, any Olympian has ever done even more than Zeus. Yeah. You've broken the hearts of like, more women ever 
than yeah. than any of them and I was like dang that was so true it was intense and she's like I I was so angry because he was just like you know in the beginning he's just like I would never harm a child or an innocent and then in one fell swoop he literally kills a hundred a hundred babies are killed so I and it's like I believe his story then about um the gold and all that like taking it back I don't know if I, I believed think I, him ever I believed him okay. because of who he was at that time yeah but who he turned into which for me I think is full circle you know at one point he wouldn't have harmed an innocent he wouldn't have harmed a child and now he's like so that sucked, but it's fine. Like, you know, he wasn't just like, uh, he wasn't really upset about it. You know, he was so removed from it. And I felt so bad for Ariadne when he's just like, the love of one consort is nothing. Like your love is nothing to me. And I was just like, and I thought she's like, well, you know what? Fine. Go do your fucking thing. Go talk to your brother. We're going back to the island and you're never coming back. Like, I don't, I don't ever want to see you again. Like, no, like you're not a, like go to Olympus. I want nothing to do with you. And he was like, okay. And I was just like, wow, that's brutal. And so she's like, so I got to go talk to Perseus and make sure he doesn't like attack us because we didn't have anything to do with this. Like we not, not a vibe for yeah. us. And so, you know, we just want this island. We want Naxos to be an island for like women and children and a refuge for those who are trying to escape like bad situations. And, um, how did you feel about this whole part of the thing? I really, really hated the ending. I thought it was so anticlimactic and like irritating. So she like climbs up the side of this cliff or whatever, try to get Perseus attention. And I had a feeling in the back of my head that this is how this is going to go. But she goes up there and she had mentioned at the very beginning, having a dream or a nightmare of seeing Hera and, um, feeling her gaze upon her and stuff like that. And I thought she was going to be a bigger part of this. Like I thought Hera was maybe going to come in here and like smite her or something, but she didn't. Uh, and she gets to the top and you get to see firsthand the gods interfering with like mortal lives. And Hera's whispering in his ear and saying, start a war, start a fight, do all this stuff. And he, she says his eyes are like glazed over essentially. And she's like, Perseus, I need to, quick question. And then all of a sudden he turns and she looks straight into the eyes of Medusa and basically starts to turn to stone. I liked her take on Medusa. And yeah. she's like, I expected her to be this like rage filled creature with like, what green eyes, yeah. green eyes again. She's like, but she had like these beautiful blue eyes and all I saw was sadness. And I was just like, like the depths of the oceans. And yeah. Like- and it's like these, again, these are the women who pay the consequences and pay the price for these quote unquote legendary Men. heroes. Yeah. and their actions and it's like it's so sad because it's so true I mean it's true in any kind of mythology I mean yeah always of the times that it was written women were never you know it's just it's unfortunately what it was but it just makes me so sad and it was just like her turning to stone and then Dionysus is like realizing that she's turning to stone and it was just like sad wow <laughs> yeah I wasn't anticipating that that was how that was gonna go and you know like he I want to know where she ended up like, did they put her on Naxxus and she's just like a, a little statue there she's forever? A star. <laughs> yeah, I know, but <laughs> they just took her and just tossed her into the universe. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was so weird. I was like, okay, I didn't love the ending. I appreciate that, like, you know, he realized that he made a mistake and went and lived in Olympia, like an Olympus as an Olympian and like was willing to accept who he had become and like what he had done and that the island was sort of left to. The women and all his followers who had like come for the right reasons originally like long ago so I, I really did like that part of it but I just was like are we serious like that's how she dies yeah I was yeah I also did like how she described her kids lives they were like they lived completely unremarkable lives and they were happy and they were you know and Hermes gently brought them to the river sticks and they you know met with Hades and etc and stuff like that and I also liked that it wasn't that she had to because this was the thing too because Minos was apparently supposed to take over for Hades and so it was kind of nice that she didn't have to <laughs> have to face her father in judgment you know and so um that was kind of, I kind of liked how that played out but um you know I I did like how she described her kids lives and how she was happy that they weren't quote-unquote men of legend or heroes and they just like lived a happy life and got married and you know lived out their lives and weren't um, 
you know, didn't ruin other people's lives, essentially. So I've never heard of this god, um, Dionysius or whatever his name is. I've oh, never really? Like, really heard. I've never like really heard of him in a lot of Greek mythology. Mm. So what I really did like about his story and like all the things that he brought in was that he was in like all I like, and I guess I like appreciate this as her, her as a writer, but she brought in all like the big stories. So like Hercules, um, battling three headed dog. She talked about how she, he had met Theseus, um, Midas, how like, it was like him who had gifted Midas the gold and like all that kind of stuff. And so I appreciate that we got these like kind of snippets of iconic Greek mythology. And then in, you know, this retelling and we got to hear the things that we remember and we know a lot about as like things that he did. And that like was his triumph. I was, so this is really funny. Um, so if you watch the like Hercules movie on, um, Disney, the Disney movie, um, Dionysus is the, like the, like short fat guy. That's just like constantly like drinking wine. If he's like purple, if you watch it. And then like every, a lot of the depictions of, of him are like, he is like a fat guy that likes to eat and drink and party and like, have orgies and that's like who he is and so he's he's kind of one of those gods that's like they call him the god of frat boys like that's like what they like refer to him as and so headcanon before they like she like described him I was like so this is going to be like a gross man who like goes after Ariadne that was like my like thought but then she's like no he's this like sweet guy who just like had a joy for life and stuff like that it was just like so for me, it was a little, I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's fine. But like, I was picturing like Disney movie, like purple God with lots of wine and like food. It's like always drunk. <laughs> like, that was, that was my depiction of him at first. Totally fair. Yeah. I haven't like heard, heard of him, I guess, as being like iconic in all of the things that, you know, like, yeah, he's not he's necessarily not one of, he's not like a big God. He's yeah. not like, yeah. Again, Athena. he's like the God of frat boys. Yeah, that's funny. I was like, I don't really know who this guy is, but I've like heard of you, but I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So what was your kind of final thoughts on the book and star rating? I would say my star rating, I would give it probably like a three, seven, five. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, it wasn't, I, I enjoyed the story. I really did enjoy the story, but I think there was a lot. I, I think I wanted just a little bit more out of like Ariadne and Phaedra um, and just kind of, but I understand. I get it. I understand why she wrote him that way. And I appreciate the way kind of having that like feminist twist on it and that feminine point of view on everything. Um, I, I think I was just like mad at the injustice of it. It was my thing. And um, again, I just wanted like maybe a little bit more from it. I felt there were some things that were irrelevant to the story and other things that were more, more relevant that she didn't kind of expand on. So yeah, what about you? I I agree. I would probably give it a three, seven, five. I really liked her writing style. I did have a hard time. We kind of talked about this, her spacing. And I don't know if this is like her publisher who did it, but the spacing between the lines is very tight and the book itself is pretty long. So like the book, yeah, the book is 300 pages. So it's not, it doesn't look long and you're like, oh, this isn't going to take me very long to read, but the pages are large, right. the spacing, but the font is smaller and the spacing is close. So it takes it takes a little longer to actually get through this book than expected. Yeah. And so I think that, and like, there was points too, where I was reading it, where I was just sort of like zoning off because I was like, a lot of this is fluff and I didn't like find it a hundred percent necessary. And I agree. Like I loved the idea of it going through kind of their life cycle and all those sorts of things. But I didn't realize that like, there was so much, I guess this is my bad for not knowing that, but didn't realize there was so much tragedy at the end. So I wish that maybe it was only like a hundred pages of their life, a little bit more on the Minotaur like a hundred pages of their life. And then that last hundred pages was really like the tragedy and everything that happened. But in reality, it's only like 50 pages, um, if not less than that. And that's both her and Phaedra's death. So I, I agree. I just would have liked a little bit more out of it, but her writing style is amazing. Um, she's a really good way with retellings of this. I think she gives perspective to a lot of different people and you sort of feel different things as she changes that POV and you discover things as they're discovering it. You realize like what's happening, what's going wrong. You realize Theseus sucks as Ariadne is discovering it. So I think that that was really cool. And that's a good writer that she could make you feel that as they're feeling it. Um, and doesn't like give a lot away or give too much away that you can predict all of it. I think there was just enough foreshadowing, um, which was really nicely done. So if you're really into Greek mythology, I think you probably could have guessed all these things, but I don't know a ton about Ariadne. So I think we went into this pretty blind and like, yeah. didn't have a good concept of like how this was going to end. So yeah, I, liked I didn't, I didn't know too much about her either. I 
I tried also not to look it up because I didn't want to like ruin the story either. Yeah. So if you do know about Greek mythology, again, this is so cool. Like I love Greek mythology. I love like all kind of mythology anyways. But um, if you don't, it's still kind of a cool story. Again, trigger warning on a lot of things. So just be aware of that. Um, yeah, but it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I, but I'm glad we read it. I'm glad. Yeah. Got it. it really book fun. of the month and all that. Making my way through my book of the month books. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, I I don't love the cover of this one, and I think I've discovered why. It's her eyes. They really creep me out. They're her like I think pupils are white. I think it's supposed to be her as stone. I creeped out. I'm creeped. Like out. I think it's supposed to be her as stone, and then you've got like the sun. Maybe that's like Helios, and then the stars. She like turns into a star. Yeah. Kind of situation. I don't know. That's my probably take but on the cover. Creeps but me out. Who knows? Yeah, it is a little creepy the the uk version is just like some ivy on like a, yeah. a blue background so yeah i like that one better um <laughs> uh yeah this was really fun i'm glad that this was a book of the month um and i think it'll get like a little bit yeah. more recognition than it would normally so that was mm-hmm. really cool but yeah overall i really liked it i thought it was a good yeah. hop into this retelling series yeah so yeah i'm i'm excited to start the series of all the retellings because i love them all We'll just try to hit the ones that a lot of people have read and try to hit the ones mm-hmm. that people maybe haven't read. Yeah. So yeah. Do you guys have any yep, good yep. retellings you want us to do? Yeah. Please. I'm excited. Please let us know. So very excited, especially any like Norse retellings because I'm yes. all about any kind of Norse gods or anything like that. Not that they're any better than the Greek gods, but you know, I got a, my, my, uh, the foreground of like a nice <laughs> mountain scene <laughs> really makes you like them more. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, so thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, if you've read Ariadne, let us know what you think about it. Um, again, if you have any other retellings you would like us to cover, please let us know. We have no idea how long this is going to go. We could take it for a while, but, um, we're, we're living on this retelling train for a bit. So, um, enjoy. Um, any more announcements, Todd? We are starting our August book club pick this month. We are reading The Night Swim by a person whose name I don't remember. It is a thriller, like murder mystery. So if you guys want to join in on that, the Discord is in the link tree in our bio. You guys can join. And then we will do a Zoom call at the end of the month to chat. We actually just had ours this last weekend. Super fun. We got to talk about all the murmuring bones. And that was a really fun, like gothic fairy tale type of mm-hmm. Thing. I don't really yeah. know what the genre is for that gothic. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was really fun. So we're trying to kind of branch out in the books that we read. We want to read the ones that are popular and that I feel like a lot of people just haven't gotten a chance to pick up or some like obscure ones. So we've had a whole host of things we've done. So if you guys want to join the book club, we are doing that. And um, our Monday episode next week will be Blood and Honey, and then we'll do Gods and Monsters, and then the end of the month will be a bookish this or that. So if you guys want to tune in for that, if you have any recommendations or suggestions, DM us on Instagram or TikTok um, and let us know, and we'll do that. But it'll just be like the other one where we do kind of a this or that and chat about why we have totally opposite tastes in quite literally everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. This or that's a fun. So if you and it doesn't have to be bookish. If you want to know more about our movie tv show tastes also let us know um anything really so uh there are a lot of this or that's are a lot of fun so if you have any suggestions please let us know um but thank you for tuning in today we had a lot of fun um we're again like i said we're riding this retelling train for a minute so it'll be fun uh very excited about it so um hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week and stay safe out there and we will see you guys on monday okay i'm gonna stop okay bye 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 (laughs) bye thank you for listening to the bookish banter podcast this week we would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review thank you once again and we'll see you all next week